Hello, my name's Duncan Moreland. Uh, welcome to the Crypto with Cash podcast, episode number 10. I'm joined by Kashaya Abassi. Hello, Cash. Hey, how you doing? You right? Um, I'm also joined by my new influencer, Halo, which is <laughs> supposedly going to make me look like I'm not dead. It seems. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, Cash, you run the fortnight, uh, fortnightly newsletter, Crypto with Cash. Is that true? That is true. That is mm-hmm. true. And do you have a community? Yeah, we have a crypto with cash community. Uh, they're a wonderful lot. Yeah, I uh, really appreciate them, and um, yeah, it's great to have them. Really. Who's your favourite? Or is, or I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I cannot answer that question. Come <laughs> okay. on, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> um, okay, this week's topic is the crypto market crash. The market is yes. currently down. Can you tell us what is happening, Cash? Yeah. So. You know, Bitcoin has fallen from its all-time high of, I think it was 68, 69,000, which it hit back in November. And since then, it's been, you know, declining um, gradually. Right now, it's resting at around, at the time of writing and speaking to you, it's around 39, 40. I think it's jumped back up from 39, which it hit uh, like an hour or so ago. Um, yeah, and obviously what happens is when Bitcoin goes down, it drags the rest of the market down with it. So I'm just looking at the markets now and I'm just seeing a sea of red. Mm. Um, a lot of coins are down at the moment. But of course, um, this just gives us an opportunity to buy down lower. Um, of course, short term, there might be some further bleeding. Um, just looking at the markets, if it does fall below 38,000, then it might go all the way to 32. But a lot of, you know, uh, big investors believe that, you know, 38, 39 will be the bottom um, before we have a rally up, um, back up again. So they reckon sort of that's where the support is? Uh, yes, yes. A lot of large traders I follow, uh, for example, Zhu uh, Su from Three Arrows Capital, who is worth billions. They have billions of dollars of assets under management. Um, they've very publicly said that 40,000 is... The same as the thirty thousand uh, bottom that we saw back in July. Right. Watch it go to thirty thousand now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, but um, I think it's quite significant that they've come out and publicly said this. Yeah, um, let's hope hope that the market you know, agrees with them. I guess they might. There's probably a lot of when you see like long term charts, it often is like you know peaks then goes down, but the down trough it doesn't often go down as far as it previously did. Exactly. But what they say, Bitcoin goes higher than you anticipate to and it falls lower than you anticipate to as well. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's very difficult to time these markets, you know. Yeah. And and like we I think we said this last week, like people sell when markets are low and buy when they're high. And I just yeah. wanted to like read to you some of like some of what's going on in the cryptocurrency Reddit uh, okay, forum, cool. some of the headlines that people are posting and just just get your your response or just sort of are these people handling it well and if not what should they be doing instead so i'm just looking through now and the first one i see is i'm scared and i'm tired of pretending i'm not uh this is just reminding me of 2018 too much day after day Week after week, my portfolio, I shouldn't make a joke out of it. My portfolio is losing a few percentage points with no end in sight. Um, 
Then there's another post. Bitcoin just dipped below where it was a year ago for the first time in 16 months. Um, cryptocurrencies will not kill fiat and people who think so are ignorant. Forget crypto. The entire stock market could crash in the upcoming months and you should prepare. Mm -hmm. um, there's one here that says if Bitcoin was at $100,000 right now, people would be asking for another chance to buy under $50,000. That's a very, very fair statement, I think. Um, I mean, the sentiment is obviously, generally speaking, a lot of people are very worried, which is natural, of course, if you see prices declining as fast as they are um, and you see the value of your investments going down, then, of course, naturally, you would feel like that. But I think what's important is um, to remember that the rule number one is to only invest with money you can afford to lose. So as long as you've done that, I think that can help to, you know, uh, you can you can better control your emotions when when things like these um, mm. like this happens. I think it just uh, just I don't want to stop you, but like just uh, so many times I read comments from people that aren't doing that. They're literally putting, you know, everything into it, like all of their all of their page, you know, like. Yeah. Um, sometimes you read people sort of like foregoing rent and stuff to because there's yeah. this kind of hype machine of like it's a one way ticket to financial freedom, whatever. And it's just kind of. Yeah, I think that's that's what it comes down to. So I always tell people, you know, crypto is not a get rich quick scheme, but you can get rich quick. You know, mm. there's a difference between that, because I think people enter this space with, you know, a lot of misconceptions. They hear about certain people putting in a thousand dollars in a meme coin and turn it into like 100 million. They don't realize that these are the very small minority of cases and the vast majority of people unfortunately when it, they do go chasing um you know projects which lack the fundamentals they do end up losing a lot of money and that gives you know crypto the negative perception that we perhaps see from the media and some you know some per people from the traditional markets for example mm. but um you know it's for that reason you know for days like this where we take money off the table as well when we are in a good position to do so. So that way we're, you know, working with the market's money as opposed to money from our pockets. Um, so of course, when everything's going up, people say, oh, you shouldn't take profits. And you're, you're gonna, you can make more money if it continues going up. But, you know, it's days like this, why we do take profits, even though we are focused on the long term, it's good to take some money off the uh, table when you are in a good position to do so. Yeah, and some of the coins in the portfolio, at least over the last couple of days, have been going like been going against the market trend and going up. Yes, and I guess I, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the reasons is that because um, it's quite diverse the portfolio in terms of which, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we've we've tried to cover a lot of the uh, niche sectors within crypto because there are many. Um, you know, there are L1 protocols, um, layer one. Uh, protocols. Uh, there are also metaverse projects, NFT projects, DeFi projects. Um, it's good to cover different sectors, so you're not, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket necessarily. And as you mentioned, some of our coins are, tech, you know, bucking the trend, and they are still doing well, relatively speaking, you know, to the mm -hmm. rest of the market. Um, so that shows very, very good strength in the coin and the project, and it perhaps implies that when the market does stabilize that they will be the coins that rally up the most. Um, so it'll be good to, uh, you know, pay attention and see what happens. Yeah, I guess another thing is the way you've 
and this i guess could be general advice for managing risk and like when we're talking about not putting all of your money into high risk sort of assets is the way you structured the crypto uh, cash portfolio is for the more the more risky plays have uh less money allocated to them yeah um yeah just i mean it's may, it maybe obvious but can you just explain why you did that and what so we've been lucky you? because the projects that we've tech you know generally put more of our money into they've turned out to do um you know they've performed better and it's the reason that there's a reason why we decided to allocate a larger portion of our portfolio to those coins because fundamentally those coins were the strongest and as we have seen, they've they've performed very well in the past year or so. Um, but at the same time, for every portfolio, it's, it's, I, I believe it's important to have you know higher risk, higher reward sort of um, allocations as well. That way, if they do do very well, mm. um, you know they can return substantial amounts of money and profits. And if they don't do well, then you're only you know technically losing a small portion of your uh, portfolio. So. Uh, in that sense, I think it is good to diversify and, um, again, not put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. I think, I don't know if you've heard of, like, have you heard of the phrase bogglehead or boglehead? Uh, I actually haven't, no. So Jack Bogle is, like, uh, have you heard of, like, index funds and yeah. stock investing? So yeah. for anyone that doesn't know, it's, like, instead of picking stocks, you're kind of buying like a basket, a large basket of the entire yeah. market or... Um, and those that one of the one of the really big kind of uh, philosophies behind that is that um, overall, broadly speaking, the market is going to go up yeah. over time. And a lot of the, the best kind of investors that do that style of investing, they're able to just buy into the market and switch off almost. They've got like a long term time horizon. Yeah. And it means that they can ride out uh, dips like we're seeing in the crypto market right now yeah um so yeah i just thought it's it's interesting that like i mean it's hard to do but like it's it's that zooming out on a chart i guess and looking yeah. at the long-term kind of trajectory and exactly our focus is on the long term so these short-term price fluctuations are not going to alter our long-term you know visions for this space mm. um i think that's very important to you know as you mentioned zoom out to put things into perspective really what uh, what what's happening do you know what's happening in like in the sub kind of niche markets in crypto like what's our nft prices crashing as well or like game well nft projects are still launching and many are still doing very well you know i think OpenSea this month did the highest volume uh, oh, wow, okay in, in months really i think they did something around two billion in nine days which is which is absolutely insane yeah. Um, so while that might not directly reflect on prices at the moment, because you know when Bitcoin goes down, the you know the rest of the market goes down as well. But it shows that there is still a lot of interest in NFTs. Is money is money move, is money moving from some cryptos into NFT? Like some Absolutely. people that don't want to get out of the space, just moving their money into NFTs and that. Or... Good question. Um, it's difficult to say because of course. You know transactions are anonymous but you can yeah. look at general trends um you know new narratives pop up in crypto um all the time um it's difficult to answer that question really but a lot of people do for example when it, ethereum goes down um 
they do see it as an opportunity to buy Ethereum, which is the currency used in most of these NFT purchases. So they use it as an opportunity to stock, you know, stock up on a currency that they can then use to buy NFTs later down the line. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, one thing I just, I know we've already said it, but like, I just, I do find it like amazing because <laughs> the thing that Warren Buffett says is like, uh, he, I literally, I think there's quotes from him saying like, um, all you need to do is buy low and sell high and, and like, but most investors sell, uh, was it sell low and buy high, you know? Yeah. And you just you just see it read it like reading those Reddit uh, headlines. You see it in the community, people worrying, which is like it's not to like ridicule people ever. Like it's you can understand why. Like when you see your portfolio drop and it's in the red, it's like worrying. You know, you've especially if you've seen profits and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's it, I understand it's like really counterintuitive, but it's like it's almost like the fundamental simplest way of looking at investing is like when the markets are down you buy them when they're when they're higher you sell yeah, but when it's happening in that very yeah. moment your your brain is telling you to do the yeah <laughs> you're not going to buy when everything's red because you're like oh it's going to go lower then I'll, I'll probably buy when it goes lower but then the market doesn't go low and it bounces up higher than where it was before and you're like okay and then when it goes high you're like okay i'm finally going to buy and the moment you do is when yeah. you know it marks another top and then you have it is difficult that's, that's why that's me <laughs> it is very difficult to time the markets and that's why we focus on the long term because as you said when you zoom out you see all of these massive price corrections happening multiple times uh, throughout the year and uh, but the general trend is upwards you know yeah and i think people do i see that because i i guess i read the forums too much but like you see people have that sentiment at first like oh the market's dipping this is a good time to get in but it's the it's the sustained downtrend yeah that when people really can't deal with it which goes back to what i kind of mentioned before which is bitcoin goes lower than you anticipate to mm. and it goes higher than you anticipate as well yeah so it works both ways if you are waiting to buy then it goes lower than you want to buy for example and you start panicking and like okay let me just wait until it goes lower and then i can get in at a better price but then suddenly the price bounces up and you're like okay let me wait for another dip and it keeps going high and it keeps going higher yeah. like okay let me wait for the next day i'll buy on the next dip, but it keeps going high and the moment you buy is when you know marks another local top for example yeah i mean that's why the dollar cost averaging uh, exactly. like, yeah like you advise um maybe it's just can you just give us a quick one-liner for anyone that doesn't know what it is? Yeah, yet? so dollar cost averaging is invest instead of investing all your money at once and buying it at this price, for example, you split your you know budget up into incremental purchases. So if you have, for example, a thousand pounds that you're gonna buy, don't buy a thousand pounds today. Instead, split it up into a hundred pounds and buy a hundred pounds every week or so. So that way, for example, you get the average price of the next 10 weeks or so. That way, if, that way, if it falls lower, then you can capitalize on potential price drops, and over time, you get the average. Yeah, and you, I think you also get like that un that uh, detachment emotionally. That like, if you're kind of scheduled, you know, I, I buy a hundred pounds of the cryptos I like every week or every month, whatever yeah. it is, you know, and you do that whether the market's going up and down, and you're doing it with money, like you know you're not kind of selling your your household items and your, your baby or whatever to to fund it yes like you can kind of just switch off from the daily noise especially if you're like 
you've got that long-term trajectory i guess yeah um of course and that's if you believe that you know these crypto projects and these crypto coins will be at a much higher price point in the future you know yeah and that's, that's the dollar cost yeah. averaging you just have the opportunity to capitalize on days like this where prices are a lot lower you know yeah so long-term investing rather than day trading again yeah which is what what uh, your newsletter is all about not, yeah precisely um Josh Allen of BetChat had a completely unrelated question to the market crash. Yeah. His main concern is why are people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds on virtual real estate, basically? So houses, pieces of land in the metaverse or I guess get uh, crypto based games, stuff like that. Uh, we yeah. kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, I think, but yeah, help Josh I think out. It's a very good question, and it's a valid question. Um, no, don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to, but uh, uh, no, it is, it is a good question in the sense that you know it does seem a bit, you know, crazy to be spending that much money on la land that is intangible. You, you know, you can't even touch it. But I think ultimately mm. it comes down to speculation at this point. You know, a lot of people are speculating that the price of the land that they are paying for today, even if it is, you know, hundreds of thousand pounds, then one day will be much higher. Mm. And, you know, in doing, in buying it now, you can profit from that. Um, but I must say that, of course, there is a lot of speculation involved at this moment. A lot of projects are perhaps overvalued for what they are offering. Um, I mean, yeah, ultimately the short answer is speculation. But the thing is, I think what a very important thing to keep in mind is to actually you know consider buying a vr headset and actually you know putting yourself into one mm. of these virtual worlds to see what the experience is like i'm beginning but to think you're sponsored by a vr company i mean i mean i would <laughs> love that um, but the number of times i've talked about it you know on here and and to my friends i cannot you know stress enough just how incredible the experience is it's because yeah. it's the first time i've truly you know felt like i've been taken into a different world and and unless you try it, you know, someone can sit here talking to you about it like I have mm. for days, but you won't, you won't fully appreciate it until you've put the VR headset on and you get, you know, transported into a totally different world and you can become any character. You can, you know, try on these sort of NFT sort of uh, new clothes, new shoes and these metaverse worlds, then you'll, you, you'll, you know, fully be able to appreciate what's going on and what we are, you know, transforming into. Because, you know, in the next few years, as we have seen with Facebook, you know, rebranding to Meta, I think we are transitioning into a more digital world. Uh, and uh, the metaverse is only going to become a bigger part of our lives. And um, by investing in these sort of projects, you are potentially, you know, uh, setting yourself up to profit from this, you know, upcoming trend. Can I ask you a question? Uh, and maybe it's the big hippie inside me trying to get out. I mean, it, obviously, the cryptocurrency world is very money focused and yeah. and you can look at it in some regards, you know, if you're thinking about NFTs or maybe new ways for uh, people to monetize their digital art and things like this, you know, that's maybe a good thing. But it's also like for video games, for example, there's a lot of pushback, I think, from uh long-term gamers or video game critics and stuff 
because I listen to a lot of video game podcasts, you know, like there's a lot of pushback on NFTs, things like this, like the idea of playing a game to earn money. Like there, I think part of the reason is because uh, even big companies like Ubisoft and EA are kind of shoehorning in, you know, NFT stuff or crypto stuff just just to appease stockholders and things like this and i guess what i'm saying is like the the facebook meta universe are we going to be living in like this hyper capitalist world where everything is just monetized i think i I read something i won't even bring that up it's probably not true i read it on reddit so yeah yeah like like, of information yeah like yeah I yeah it does worry me a little bit do you know what I mean like I everything just being because I quite like the I mean one thing that did worry me stuff uh one thing that did worry me which I don't know if it's true again but um and this is coming from you know obviously an advocate of virtual reality headsets and metaverse was that um I'm not sure if it was Mark Zuckerberg himself who said this but apparently when you do enter the metaverse uh, you enter the metaverse with one of these new um, headsets of the future, you'd be able to be speaking with your friend and reading your text messages at the same time, uh, <laughs> using augmented reality. So that's you know, why people get will divorced. not see you reading text messages. But <laughs> I just thought that's 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 quite concerning because, of course, well, like yeah, just having just your like attention span is just being dragged and yeah, exactly. And that, and like you know, people are a lot less social than they used to be. Where you know always on our phones, always on the computer. Mm. And with these VR headsets, if you are going to be looking at text messages or surfing the web, even when you are speaking to your friend in person, then we're going to lose that one last piece of, you know, social activity that we have. And I don't think, I mean, that's the hypocrisy of it is like, I imagine that he's, he's not doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not using, he's Mark Zuckerberg probably isn't addicted to Facebook. I mean, there was this there was this uh, Netflix show I watched. I think it was called The Social Dilemma, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I think it is. They, yeah. they, they were interviewing a lot of executives from all these social networks, um, social media networks, and they were all saying how they've banned all of their children from, you know, yeah. using the same websites that they work on. You know, they don't even have a laptop or a computer in their bedrooms. They just have one in the living room, and yeah. they're not allowed the phones after six p.m. For example, so it's funny to see how you know how these people who are working on the algorithms, which are, you know, very addictive, uh, you know, stopping their own children from becoming addicted to them. Yeah, I guess I guess I should mention as well, like, yeah, the part of crypto I like is like the the open source nature of the development, you know, like people collaborating together, like, yeah, and not, you know, a lot of people are obviously in it for like a monetary incentive, but there's a lot of like, great nerdy people that are just in it for the love of like the technology and they're just yeah it's that like i'll share my work openly with everyone i'm not asking for payment for it you know and you can collaborate with me on it and stuff like this and there is you know we talk about mark zuckerberg and the metaverse there is like a counter movement to that which is like i've seen like hashtags for it. i think it's like either like the open metaverse or free metaverse it's like people are trying to build an alternative you know that's not controlled by a yeah company with dubious like kind of moral uh a more dubiously moral robot in charge but yeah yeah i think there are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to nfts and the metaverse and that is perhaps partially due to you know the way the media portrays certain events within the crypto 
sphere. So, you know, there's a lot of backlash from these game communities, you know, adopting NFTs. And that's because a lot of people feel like there's environmental concerns, mm. not realizing that a lot, some of these projects are not proof of work. Like Bitcoin is, um, you know, it doesn't, they don't all require intensive mining rigs and mining systems to, you know, operate the, the network. But um, I think with NFTs, again, because you mainly hear about, you know, scams and rug pulls in the mm. media, people who are perhaps not involved with the crypto space, they only hear about the negatives. And so they have negative perceptions of the whole uh, NFT space. And oh, good. Space yeah. It's, it's all the people like all the NFT bros, like telling everyone they're going to get rich. It's all that. It's that kind of like. Yeah. And I'm a copywriter, so like it's my job to like not to. It's become a very polarizing topic, but that's because a lot of things nowadays are very polarizing. Yeah. Everything, everything, you know, gets and becomes a culture war in a sense. Yeah, and it's um, but it's it's that like financial those promises of financial freedom and things like this where it guaranteed like not preparing anybody for going back to what we were talking about originally like you know just telling everybody this is your your key to financial freedom blah blah yeah. blah and then not sort of preparing people for the realities of investing which are very up and down you know very like you do your research you do your best and you yeah you, you pick a a time horizon that fits your risk tolerance and things like this and like yeah exactly yeah so okay well we're coming up on the 26 minute mark and i don't know what that means it means that i've now remembered that i forgot to ask people to uh comment if they have questions any questions they'd like us to talk about we appreciate a like and subscribe because one day we'll be broadcasting to six million people rather than six um <laughs> and uh, is there anything you want to finish on like just maybe sort of no i think that was a that was a great chat um I'm very interested to hear about your takes, which have been shaped by Reddit comments, <laughs> as always. It's terrible. I can't. It's like I've, I don't read any. I don't really use social media anymore, except like Reddit is social media. But at least like at least Reddit is self-admitted stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone on there's like, do this, but but I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, but no, I I appreciate the conversations we have, um, and as yeah. always, you have great input. Oh, thanks. Well, that's, it's this uh, this halo above my head. So. Yeah, you're a new man with with the new. You know, yeah, I know. Into... I'm 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 sure my sister spent about five pounds on this flight. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, well, thank you for taking time to speak to us today, Cash, and we'll see you. I'll see you on next week's podcast, and we'll see everyone listening uh, next week too. Awesome, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Bye.